The Last Word with Matt Cooper. You're welcome back. Let's look at the week's TV. Elaine Burke is in studio. Joe Shea with us as well as always. And Elaine, the impact of the never-ending RTE saga is becoming more and more clear. Kevin Backhurst has been out speaking over the weekend and some of the difficult decisions he may face in terms of cutbacks and in terms of the content they may need to cut back on over the coming months because of the huge drop in revenue, a €20 million hole in its revenue by the end of the year, a 30% week-on-week drop in licence fee revenue. Yeah, not great. (laughs) (laughs) And they have already requested €35 million uh, from the government, um, partly to fill that gap as well. Uh, it's, I mean, they're aware of the challenge. Uh, even a spokesperson for the government has said that this drop in TV licence uh, incomings is probably due to the scandal that hit RT in the weeks that it all happened. You know, and therefore, they, if people aren't willing to pay their licence fee, will they be happy if they see the government bailing out RTE to fill the gap? Uh, well, but uh, people aren't happy with the licence fee even before this stuff happened with RTE as well. So there was already problems with that. There was a, a, a commission was funded and pro- produced a report that said the licence fee was not the model to go with and the government snubbed that. And now they're in this situation, which is even worse. Mm. Um, and obviously they couldn't have predicted all that this was going to happen. Which is um, why we'll ultimately see the broadcasting charge brought in. Or it could just be that it's a direct funded model from some government charges and stuff like that. That That's the other alternative and that's actually what was proposed by the Commission's report as well. Like It's a completely different kind of approach to funding um, public service broadcasting in this country and uh, they did like model it on successes that, that have been seen in other countries that have done this. Now this is Kevin Marker's comments over the weekend where kind of presenting like a worst case scenario. This 20 million hole I think is their worst case scenario if this trend of 30% drop continues. Uh, it could go probably lower than that, higher than that. Um, And it said that it could lead to cuts in coverage or a rollback on their digital transformation. And he is kind of framing that as like, this is the worst that could happen. So maybe he's trying to get a line out now to say, these are the worst things that that could happen so that if things less bad than that happen, they look like things are a bit better. I don't know. (laughs) Joe, what should he threaten us with? What's the one thing we really don't want to lose? Well, here's what the good of you threatening us with it. One of the things that could happen they will say is is outside broadcast coverage of live sports. So if you're looking at championship games in the GAA, that would be a big uh, a big one. Of course they want to keep that because they got GAA Go as well and that's a, a very important revenue stream and, and part of this digital transformation. It's interesting, there's reports this uh, afternoon that the, the Grant Thornton report into what we're calling now the understatement of Ryan Tuberty's wages, that report apparently has been given to RTE uh, over the weekend or today. So in the background there's a lot happening as well. There's so many different things moving here. We also have Kevin Backers talking about Ryan Tuberty and that the fact that the, the kind of negotiations to get him back on the air or if he's going to come back on the air are at a uh, quote delicate point at the moment as well. So we're probably going to hear an announcement on that very soon about whether Ryan's coming back in September, October uh, or if he's coming back at all but it looks very much like he is going to come back. So it, it, again this, this summer of anguish for RT mm. just rolls on and on and on with no end in sight. But there is an argument obviously on the sports side that there are other commercial broadcasters uh, who may be interested the likes of Virgin Media and some of those rights if they were to become available. But if not, if it was a case of something like Euro 2024 next year or the Olympics and they were only going to be available on a pay-per-view model, that is, I guess, Joe, where the public need to have a long, hard think, whereas they may want to see RTE punished for everything that's gone on, but at what cost to actually our entertainment? 
it's ver- well, it's not just our entertainment. We have to remember public service broadcasting is incredibly important and getting more important by the day in the world that we live in. You know, if we only have to look, what we're seeing in the in the UK right now is the foxification of media over there, right? With G- with GB News and with government government uh, ministers. Uh, in the Tory government, presenting their own TV shows, their own current affairs shows, or former, uh, recently government ministers, like Jacob Rees-Mogg's, presenting their own shows on on a a so-called news channel. That's the last thing we want to see happen here. We have to protect public service broadcasting. So the danger is that, yeah, the public are angry, and it's understandable, but that we end up kind of killing the thing that we really need because everybody is so upset with what's happened. Uh, Elaine, negotiations between Ryan Tuberty and RTE are said to be at a make or break stage. What do you think is the biggest factor for Kevin Backhurst to consider as to whether Ryan Tuberty returns to the radio show? I wonder, like, it's hard to like speculate on what these urgent talks are around. Um, like, the word from Tuberty's camp is that he does want to go back on air. So is it a, a reticence on RTE side on how that happens? Now, they've also talked about like the fee that's been offered. He ha- Tuberty has said he's happy for that fee to be disclosed. And uh, Backhurst has also said that it's lower than what was asked for. Um, so there's those kind of negotiations going on. There's definitely a money side to this. But then it's also like, how are they going to bring this back? Are they going to be asking for an apology? Is there going to be pushback on that, on, on taking accountability from Ryan Tuberty's side, is that going to be a sticking point in this? Like, and like, I'd say there's a lot actually to talk about in this because it's not like he can just come back on air and ignore everything that's happened over the last number of weeks. There's lots of factors here, Joe. There's the sponsorship of the show. Do they want to be associated with Ryan Tuberty right now? There's the audience, what their opinion will be. And there's also the staff at RTE as to how comfortable they will be with Tuberty returning. Yeah, I, th- I think with the, with the rank and file staff, and I've talked to some rank and file staff recently, it's not so much Ryan Tuberty, it's more about their paying conditions, the, uh, the, the contracts they're under, you know, their, uh, their security. There has been huge, huge resentment in RT for quite a while that you have a two-tier system when it comes to people, what people are paid and their conditions and their future and their pension and their holidays and all that kind of stuff. I think what you're going to see is uh, at the very top, those kind of like top 10 presenters who are on money that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense when you look at the the, uh, broadcast environment in Ireland. As in, would they get that anywhere else or close to it anywhere else? And on another sta- uh, radio station, on another TV station, if they wouldn't, then how can RT justify paying them that much? Uh, it, it's definitely the digital side of things. And when he's talking about, Ken Backer's talking about, you know, it'll halt our digital transformation. That'd be the very worrying thing if you're interested in the media and if you're interested in seeing a strong public service broadcasting media in Ireland. That's the real worry that they kind of say, well, we can't, we can't afford to do this anymore. We'll just, you know, we'll just have to scale back. That, that's a big concern. It's been revealed that, so Patrick Keelty's first Late Late Show is going to be on Friday, the 15th of September. I guess, Joe, traditionally, the Late Late Show would return with an interview with the big story of the yeah. summer. Is the natural thing here for Ryan Tuberty to be Patrick Keelty's first man on the couch? <laughs> that would be something People else. Would tune in. Really, really. I mean, a TV yeah. TV moment of the year, right Honestly. there. Yeah, it, 
Yeah, I mean, I, oh my God, TV moment of the decade. <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't see it happening, um, I, but I mean, it would be spectacular. I, I saw one book, he was th- today saying that uh, they're talking about the possible guests. They're saying Killian Murphy, you know, who is kind of the man of the moment at the moment with, um, with Oppenheimer. Like Killian Murphy's, you know, definitely going to be the first guest because they need a big guest. Well, that ignores the fact that the SAG strike is still going on and Killian Murphy can't do any promotion of, of his. Uh, so that might be a sticking point on that. The one thing is Pat, Patrick Kilty is also going to have to come out and say something on his very first Late Late Show. He's going to have to acknowledge the elephant in the room. He can't just walk on and go, hey, we've got a great show for you tonight, folks. Let's talk to whoever. He's probably going to have to reference it as well. So it's, it's, it, it's a fascinating, fascinating few weeks in store for us all. Can he set a different tone with that opening address, Elaine? He's a comedian. Like, do we need to get our heads around the fact that this may be a very different Late Late Show to the emotive uh, interviews that we would see with Ryan Tuberty. This might be a lot lighter. I think they've landed on their feet with the fact that they ended up with a comedian in the hosting chair now for, for this particular moment in time because who better to address this in a way that can steer it towards a light heart and then bring the show forward than a comedian doing in an opening monologue addressing it in some sort of way. And I can see Patrick Keelty doing that very deftly, certainly. And also the week after he has a film coming out himself, his first feature film. So great timing for him. He could interview mm-hmm. himself at this stage. An AI version of Patrick Keelty to be very <laughs> meta about it. I do need to get to your picks of the week. Joe, what are you going with? Uh, at home with the Furies. Um, Tyson Fury is a fascinating character, a world heavyweight champion boxer, a gypsy, as they say in the, in, in the UK, a member of the traveling community with Irish connections. This is a kind of, it's a Netflix doc. It's starting on Wednesday. It's basically a series where they go in and live with Tyson and his wife, Paris, and there are seven kids. Uh, and it's a, I've seen, you know, I've looked at the trailers. It looks fascinating because I think Paris Tyson is going to be, come out of this, or Paris, sorry, Paris Fury is is going to come out of this as a real new reality TV star because she seems to be a formidable woman as well. So it's called At Home with the Furies. Even if you're not into boxing, definitely give it a go. It looks fantastic. And Elaine? Uh, In the Name of Jerry Conlon is airing tonight on RTE uh, at 9.35. And like In the Name of the Father is one of those films that it's on the telly a lot and if you flick it on, you're not turning it off because it's too good. You can't turn away from that film. But for me, and I'd say for a lot of people, it's probably the most that I am aware of the Guildford Four is through that story. So this is going to tell that story through Jerry Conlon's own words. It was filmed with him before his death in 2014. And it does cover the lead up and the events of 1974-75 and his imprisonment and then release but it also covers the part after that how he tried to ingratiate himself back into the uh, public life and found that difficult and continued to campaign for wrongfully imprisoned people uh, elsewhere and that is on RTE1 tonight tonight 935 The Last Word with Matt Cooper weekdays from 4.30 Today